This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning and welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. On this Thursday morning, I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jake and our sponsors today, the Boys One Stop and Mainstream Marketing. All right, looking at weather, uh, it's 81 down on the island in Galveston. Feels like 87 today. Partly cloudy skies, high of 87. Winds will be east at 10 to 20. And then for tonight, clear to partly cloudy, low of 79. East winds 10 to 15. And for tomorrow, a few clouds early, otherwise mostly sunny. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. And a high of 86 with east winds at 15 to 25. It's pretty stiff. Anyway, it's east. That's way better than southwest. I'll take it any day of the week. All right, looking at tides today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions. We're on four tides. We have a high coming up at 4.39 a.m. It's a That flood tide's a 1.6. Then we have a low at 9.51 a.m., a 1.1. And then our afternoon high tide is 3.48 p.m. It's a 1.8. And then a low tonight at 10.33 p.m. is an 0.6. 7.11 a.m. is is sunrise, 7.09 p.m. sunset. Our moon phase is 95%. It looks full this morning, but uh, first full moon's tomorrow night. And uh, then we'll have another one on Saturday. Looking at current conditions right now, uh, the buoy offshore, 22 nautical miles east of Galveston. We have a south wind at 7 to 9 miles per hour. We have 84-degree air temperature, 85-degree water. Barometric pressure is 29.89 inches and steady. And looking at uh, the Galveston Channel, it's 83.5 degrees on air temperature, 88.5 on water temp, south-southwest 3 to 6. And at Eagle Point, it's 80 degrees with 87-degree water, a west wind at 5 to 6. I don't know where that south and that west is coming from but it's supposed to go east for the next few days looks like an east wind prediction for four or five maybe six days now so that'll be nice air will even smell better all right well let's uh head over to uh sabine lake and let's check in with old captain bill Watkins. check his pulse this morning good morning bill what's up man well i'll take an east wind too i'm ready for that Anything but the dreaded <laughs> southwest and that pumping south, all that. It's time for a change, yep. man. The weather's not going to get get cooler. Just give us a good wind direction. That's right, and I I'm okay with that too. I guess. Um, I mean, I'm I'm heading out for a deer hunt. Uh, <clears throat> actually, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Really. Morning. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a high fence hunt. That opens uh, that opens Saturday morning. Yeah. So, uh, I think I'm gonna shoot a uh, a red deer, a red hind. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be the the thing I'm gonna do this year. Just just checking it out. They uh, they say they taste pretty much like elk. They're close. 
<clears throat> you have you eaten one yet? Yes, I have. I've had uh, okay. burger and sausage off of one, and it's really good. Very good. Okay. Well, I think uh, they don't have enough whitetail for several of us to shoot two apiece. So right. I think I might just go that route. And uh, I've, I've never tried that red deer, but I'm sure I love elk. <laughs> red red stag. Yeah. won't be a stag, though. It'll be a hind. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they call them. Right. Not, that's what they call the doe is a hind. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And I don't have enough room on my wall to to put a big old red deer up there anyway. No, there's uh you shoot a good one, that's that's big. It's not quite as big as a you know, big bull elk, but it's big. It's big. You know, speaking of that, I'm sitting on the patio yesterday morning drinking coffee. And it's about an hour after sunrise. And I see something coming down the side of the road, you know, on the outside of that high fence across the road from me. And I'm going, man, that's a deer. So uh, it kept getting closer. My wife goes, man, that thing's big. And I got my binoculars up, and it was a big old giant psycho deer, big old velvet no, rack it. on it. That thing must have weighed 400 pounds. And uh, it worked its way down the road and got right across the street from my house, and my dog started going off on it inside the fence, and he got a little nervous. And he was wanting wow. back in that high fence. I don't know where he got out at, but uh, he couldn't get back in. He was jumping he into it. I said, he's going to get all hung up in that fence, man. But yeah. uh, that was that was something you don't see every day on Trinity Bay. I, up north, you know, by Blaine's, he'll have them come down and work their way, and they'll go swim in the bay and then get back up, you know, late in the evenings and go back to the brush lines. Yeah. <laughs> That's really. That We're running out of room for all of our animals out there, man. I mean, there's so much development that they're all kind of coming my way and and coming towards the bay. I mean, they're just forced that's into true. any kind of cover they can find. It's crazy. That's true. You know, isn't that something? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we are. We're we're developing our animals right out of existence. We are. It's happening that happening that way over here. I mean. You go to Sabine Pass right now on Highway 87, and it's you can't get there. I mean, the traffic congestion with those two plant extensions down there. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's they're building the Golden Pass, which is the Exxon Mobil uh, unit, and they're they're getting it ready for export. And then that other new one, I don't remember what the name of it is. Back by Keith Lake Fish Pass, mm-hmm. they're digging the they're digging the uh, the ground there, and I mean, you forget about going fishing at the four way ramp. If you're going to launch over there at Sabine Pass, you're just not going to get there until probably eight o'clock in the morning. Really, school buses, dump trucks, cars, <laughs> trucks. Yeah, you can't. I don't even go that way anymore. I just drive on over to the causeway because not near as much traffic over there. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's getting difficult. I mean, that traffic situation is uh is pretty tough. They've just got way too much going on down there, and money is being spent like crazy. I don't know where everybody's getting this money. It's not coming my way right now. No. Well, it never has. (laughs) But you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, shoot, man. But, uh, yeah, I'd advise anybody, if they want to go morning fishing, I think the best idea would be to uh, go to one of the other ramps. Go to the ramps off of, uh, you know, the music park or, uh, or just you know, Pleasure Island Marina or Cabo right. or Adams or any of those other ramps. Rainbow Bridge ramp is still open. the The little store there is closed right now, but the ramp is open. You pay three bucks and got a good launch. 
What do you do? Go over the MLK Bridge and then uh, get on Pleasure Island and then go across the causeway to put in? Yeah, I usually put in. Now, they've got the uh, the Texas side of the causeway is, is fixed as well. Is it? Yeah. So you've got, you've got two, two places to launch there, and you can still launch at the music park. Right. Over there by Pleasure Island, and you, you can launch at the Pleasure Island ramp, which is right there uh, where the big boats are. Mm-hmm. And that's either one of those. But, uh, I mean, they've redone that four-way ramp over at Sabine Pass. Yeah. That's that's really pretty nice facility right now. It's fixed up, and they even have a fish clan table, look like. I towed a guy over there the other day and got a good look at it and uh, dropped him off. Poor fellow was anchored out in the channel. I guess he Ooh. figured he just he was just fishing, you know. He didn't have anywhere else to be. He was right there in the old river channel and uh, about 15, 18 foot of water, just anchored up fishing. And when I, I cranked my engine and started buying, he went to wave and <laughs> I said, uh-oh, now I know why he's sitting out there in the middle of nowhere. He's broke down. But fortunately, I didn't have to tow him very far, about a half a mile. Don't like leaving anybody out there on the water. No, and uh, but if you want to keep somebody off of you, keep them from pulling in on you, pull your cowling off and act like you're back there working on your engine, and they will flare like a, a mallet on <laughs> opening morning, buddy. <laughs> hey, yeah, they'll, they'll go way there. out around you. You know, that's a that's a good trick. If you've got a good school and you're anchored up on them and you got your motor cowling off, they'll uh, yep. steer clear. Oh, yeah, they don't want to fool with you. No, they don't want to ruin their fishing. <laughs> uh, shucks. <laughs> that is a good trick. It works. I've tr- I've done it before. And sometimes yeah, I've had to do it because I was broke down and just c- couldn't beg anybody to throw me a rope. <laughs> I know, man. That's, <laughs> that's a tough position to be in, but we've all been there. Uh, nobody likes to break down, man. If you spend enough time on the water, you're going to finally break down. Yes. It's just going to happen. Anybody that owns a boat and has been been in the boat business for a long time, they know that's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. That's right. But anyway, I guess, uh, I guess I'm going to go on a deer hunt this weekend. It'll be hot, but uh, up there in the high country, it'll probably be... Uh, Probably be a little bit cool in the morning, you know, probably 68. Yeah. Perhaps. It's That'd nice here night. in the mornings. It's been real pleasant, but it uh, it does heat up in the afternoons, but yeah. not bad. I mean, to... it's so much cooler than it has been. It just it feels good. Yeah, it, it has been, and it, it's a different feel to the hair right now. Yeah. it just It's just different. As uh, the days are becoming more mellow, what I call it, in the afternoon, the it cools off a little bit when the sun starts going down, and it's just, it's not like it was in August, not at all. And uh, my favorite time of the year is October, November. I just love it. And uh, I've had, we'll have to start contending with cold fronts. They'll be uh, they'll be easing this way, but that's okay. Just let it cool off a little bit, yeah. And life will be good. Well, I'm looking forward to it if it ever gets here. But it may be one of those years where we just go from summer to winter and skip. Mm, the I fall. hope not. We've seen that, you know, like we skipped springs. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, winter holds on, holds on, holds on, and then all of a sudden it's May. Oh yeah, that's right. And the wind, and the wind don't stop blowing. Until the wind never quits; June it just 15. keeps on howling. It just <laughs> it switches directions. <laughs> oh boy, I'm telling you. Let me knock this break anyway, out, Bill. Hang on, hold yeah, some thoughts. Ahead. I'll be right back to you, brother. Hang on. 
All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 610 presents the Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 417 here in the Bayou City. Let's go back and talk some more with Captain Bill Watkins. All right, Mr. Watkins, we are back. Well, I'm I'm gonna give everybody some pointers if they want to come over here to Sabine Lake. Yeah, give us the fishing the, tip of the week. Fishing tip of the week. Uh, there's not very many trout at Sabine Pass in the channel down there. That uh, that movement has occurred, and there's not that many trout left. Uh, they're going to be up in the lake, and most of them, I think. Now, I might not be able to find the ones that are in the middle of the lake. There's a vast area out there, you know, and there could be some schools roaming around that'll hit shorelines here pretty quick. But I'm thinking that most of our fish are up the rivers, the Natchez and the Sabine, and they're weighing the heck up there. That's where everybody's at. All the uh, the tide runners are pretty much gone now. Right. Have you got any reports about the Galveston jetties and whether there's still it's, a lot of trout? It's redfish city out there, man. All I'm I'm seeing I'm sick of looking at redfish videos and just uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know the, there's some slot reds in the surf and and uh, oh yeah. And well, yeah, bull reds too. But I mean that really hadn't engaged, really kicked in. You know, extremely hard, but the jetties are just stupid with reds right now. And they're catching a few <laughs> trout out there. They they are. They're catching some trout. Some of them pretty yeah, there's nice. There's a few here, too. And, uh, but Nothing like it was, numbers, you know, in the summer. No, the numbers have, uh, you know, sometime around the end of September and sometimes earlier, our, uh, our uh, tide runners book out. They leave. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's almost like in one day sometimes. This year it's been staggered. They've been in and out and around. and But, uh, I mean, the last time I fished down there, they were getting pretty thin. I think we managed to catch about 15 or 16 nice trout. And, uh, but the, you know, a friend of mine went down there this past Saturday. And he didn't he didn't score trout at all, and he had to go up in the lake to catch his fish. Yeah. So that that has uh, come and gone, and now it's going to be the homegirl fish. They're going to be you know the home kids, the home team. Well, they ought to be squirting yeah. eggs this weekend, you know, with this full moon. There well, uh, should be whatever. A lot left, of fish still full of eggs, man. They ought to be getting it over with, and uh, they'll start feeding. When those shrimp come down, and that that just kind of has happened sporadically so far. But when those shrimp start moving down the rivers, get ready. You know, they're going to be coming out of the marsh pretty quick. And uh, all that's going to happen. And it's probably going to be a shorter window this year. And I'm not real sure. Maybe the heat caused that, you know. But there's still a lot of shrimp in the marsh. Yeah. When they come out, they'll come out around the mouth of the ditches and stuff every once in a while and then go back in on high tide. But it's, uh, and I've talked to people that have actually been, if they'd have had a cast net in their boat, they could have loaded the ice chest with shrimp. Right. Yeah, you know, I saw that water, one year up in my end of the bay, up in the top end of Trinity. We had a, you know, a dry, hot summer like this. And, man, those those uh, shrimp started pouring out of the marsh about early early October. And I'm talking, I'd be on the bow on a trolling motor, and I would it would be a glob of shrimp as big as your living room. If you threw a cash net in there, you wouldn't be able to lift it up. And <laughs> Hey, it ruined our fishing for about a week to ten days. I mean, there was so much shrimp coming out, the birds wouldn't even work. You know, the, the oh, trout wow. were just, they were so so gorged full of shrimp, they didn't have to compete. 
you know, and run them out of the mud and get them to start flicking on top to, you know, get the birds in on them and cause the swarm and everything else. It was just, I'd never seen anything <laughs> like that. That's funny. Yeah, that happens. I, I mean, mean, it was like, you know, shad balls, except they were shrimp balls and even bigger. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Now that yeah. Uh, that can happen, and when it does, if you happen to... I'm, I am actually going to put my cast net in the boat and because uh, I, I hadn't carried it for several years. Yeah. But I'm going to put it in there. If I run across that, you can bet I'm going to get me 20 or 30 pounds. Yeah, get your handbook out and read the laws on that and make sure you're legit of <laughs> catching shrimp with yeah, a you better be in You better be in Louisiana if you do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works sure. over here in Texas waters. but no, I'm not too sure it works very well in Texas waters. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a limit on how many you can keep. Yeah, I think there but, is. I'll have to figure that out. But over there, it's uh, if, you've got, if you're in season, you can catch quite a few, mm-hmm. and if you're uh, if you're out of season, I think there's still a, a lower limit. I'll have to brush up on that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I might just uh, I might just catch me some shrimp. We'll just see. I went over there one time with a friend of mine, and we were we were in season, and uh, where there was a, a marsh drain through a culvert, we caught eighty pounds in just a little while. That that was a fun that was a fun trip. We got downright excited catching those big old shrimp. I mean, they were like twenty twenty fives, right? Just the right size. I mean, boy, that was fun. I threw my arm out of joint. <laughs> <laughs> that big, literally, that big old six foot tall net. Yeah, I, I literally threw my arm out. But uh, that's all. Of this is fixing to happen. Fall's going to blow wide open, and uh, the fish that have been hidden out right now, they're going to be coming down. And, I mean, it's so salty right now. Even even these little showers we've had around haven't really moved the fish at all. It's, uh, I think, the intercoastal canal from all the way from the mouth of the natures all the way to orange and beyond is full of uh, trout and redfish. I mean, I, I went over there and fished that area on the Sabine side and caught some really nice redfish the other day and a few trout, too. They were mostly 14s, and I launched in Texas, so I couldn't really keep them. But, man, I'm telling you, it's, when it happens, it's going to happen. There'll be uh, there'll be fish up and down that that channel all the way through probably first of December. If it doesn't come a big rain and and uh, flush the bay, we'll we'll have uh, redfish and trout, and uh, a gaff top will probably leave around the first of November or right around there. And we'll be done with them. But there's trout and reds, or they'll stay. And finally, the shrimp will work their way out into the lake and go down. Right. And those, and those fish will stay in that upper channel up there. As the shrimp come through in waves, they'll ambush them, and they'll follow them out into the lake a little ways, and then go back on the high tide. So it, it's going to be a seesaw type thing. And I've watched it many years, and that's that's how it'll work. But there's, uh, I'm I'm hearing lots of reports of people seeing lots of shrimp jumping mm-hmm. that are fishing the ditches and stuff like that. So it it's on. It's any minute now. There's plenty of shrimp. Happen. I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm probably that not near as many everywhere. There's none. Yeah, there's, there's very few shrimpers anymore. Very few make it in that business. Well, I mean, they've just, you know, these farm-raised garbage shrimp they make. I mean, there's nothing like wild-caught bay and guff shrimp. Yeah, uh, they're better. They've drove the price down, and these guys are just, they're in a big mud hole spinning their wheels. I mean, they work their butts off with the price of diesel, pulling a net, and then what they get for their catch, it's, it's a hard life. 
Yeah, it is. And I don't... Uh, Work their butts off for nothing, man. Yeah. So, in a way, that might actually work in our favor as far as letting our fish grow. Because we've got a couple of boats that work up in the about intercoastal between the Natchez and the Sabine. They make that run every morning during season, and they catch a lots of fish, hand shrimp. Yeah. And all that gets thrown back in. And uh, in, in a way, uh, I hate to see people lose their livelihood about that, but in some ways it might be beneficial to, to the fishery. Well, that's what they always said. The reason they did the buyback program and run all the shrimpers off, and uh, our fishing's continued to get worse. I think the, the cleaning out the bycatch and what they did—they weren't killing all them trout and reds and everything like they were saying. I mean, I've—I personally known shrimpers for fifty and sixty years, good friends of mine, and they—it it ain't like like it was explained. Okay. No, it wasn't. It's not that bad. No, no, uh, they, you know, but uh, and they could only cover so much time. You know, they go out in the morning, yeah. and they drag, and then they come in, and they usually don't go back out that afternoon. You know, that's that's usually a morning thing, and then you know you got. Well, I think uh, certain season you gotta you gotta have nets out of the water by two in the afternoon. And, yeah, uh, that's. Yeah, I remember before there was all that, I mean, I could lay in bed at night on Trinity Bay and hear diesel engines running out in the bay, shrimpers dragging all night long when it was legal. And yeah. we'd go out there behind them the next day and just roll the fish up, box loads. I mean, it was just, everything was thriving. And now yeah. our predatorial fish, like you know, like all your dolphins and sharks that normally tail and follow shrimp boats eating all the bycatch, uh, They've had to come to the shorelines and uh, seek other ways to feed, other than uh, yeah. you know, free meals off the shrimp boats like that. So that's right. There's pros and cons to all this. We we could talk for days on it. We we really don't know. We don't have the, no, true, we don't. the true answer. I mean, no, we don't. We don't have all the answers. And no, we think we think do. You do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes sometimes I. My observations seem to be pretty accurate, but yes. other times I'm kind of like, well, I'm not out there all the time. I don't see everything. I see a lot, but I don't see everything. Exactly. So there is some there is some doubt. And will those tons of sand trout that they kill in those nets, will they ever grow back big again? Well, I don't they, know. They, uh, <laughs> they hadn't been killing them for years now, and they're not coming back like we thought they would, so it's something else other than that. It's environmental of some way, you know, whether it's habitat loss or who knows, water quality. We, yeah. we just don't know. There's no, uh, well, I haven't found the smoking gun yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, you know. Look in Hunter Biden's closet. You might find it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's easy to find. Find the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, though, buddy. That, All right, uh, man. It's fixing to happen. Get ready. I'm going to hold you to that, me. Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, come on over here and we'll try it out. Heck, yeah, man. We need to hook up before one of us dies. I don't want to That's come right. to a funeral, and you don't either. We need to go fishing together. We've been we've been talking about that for about I know 20 it. years. I, I used to <laughs> I come, when I used to fish over there a lot, I'd see you, and know, I'd just wave. You'd be going one way, and I was going the other. I said, man, this may not be good. Bill's going that way, and I'm going this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when you start doubting yourself, well, hey, Bill's going south, and I'm going north. Oh, yeah, well. absolutely. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, hey, uh, do I need to just bypass you this weekend, Saturday? Probably. I'm not sure about how the phone service is up there. It's well, in the text middle me of and, Text County. me when you get up there and let me know ahead of time, and if you got a cell yeah, signal, I'll, I'll call you. Yeah, I'll check it out, and uh, we'll see what we can do. That sounds like a winner to me. 
All right, All right buddy, man. we'll throw out a number. Somebody wants to call you about coming over to Sabine. 409-673-9211. Or fishsabinelake.com. All right, buddy. Yep. Well, hey, Bill, have a good one. You too, buddy. Later. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. 435 here in the Bayou City. Let's run up to Lake Conroe. Let's check in with the fish dude, Mr. Richard Tosh. Richard. Tell me something. It's, it's nice and cool this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no doubt. We're fixing to go do some bass fishing. Maybe you can check on some crappie. See how they're doing a little bit this morning. See if we can catch any of them rascals anyway. So it's uh, I know the water temperature's not right and it's down so dang low, but that's all right. I got to got to look at them. Another day well, the water's sl- slowly coming down. You know it's. It's better yeah, than ninety thing. degree stuff we were seeing two or three weeks ago when it was you know like eighty nine in the mornings or ninety it, right at daylight. I, I, God, I know. The other day I think it was reading eighty four, eighty five, something like that. So, so it's uh, it's got to be below that. Like this morning, it's seventy degrees in your house. That'll help. So, yeah, that helps out a lot. Plus, yeah, the night nice. times are longer. Day daylight hours are shorter. Nights are longer, so that that only helps too. No sun shining on the water. There ain't no doubt, and it helps that evaporation too. So it gets slow down that that lake falling a little bit, not much, but just a little bit. But it's uh, I'm just ready to get out there. That's the main thing. <laughs> That's the main thing. I've been doing too much around here for my rehab, cutting trees and all that good junk, baloney. But uh, that's uh, it's time to go fishing again. So as to get out there on that water, I just. I was out there bass fishing the other day, just seeing how much I can take. So I know I, I, I know I can handle it today. So you get out there, and like I said, I will check everything. You were going to go hit some of that grass that I was looking at over over right. Caney Creek the other day, and and hit that with topwaters right off the bat this morning. Maybe even take that weightless tap out, that bass assassin tap out, junk it out there. Even even a little shad assassin. I have to kind of look at the size of the bait. You know, when you get out there on the water and start start looking around, you check the size of that bait out to see what you're going to throw. You know, one of the, one of the things I learned a long time ago, don't predetermine what you're going to do. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. If you, uh, especially bass fishing or anything, any uh, more of a predatory type fish like a hybrid, something like that, you go out there and check your bait. No matter what, the bait is the, is the key. If you got a six inch long shad swimming around out there, mm-hmm. now you better be throwing big baits. If you got one that ain't but a half inch, you better find some crappie jigs. <laughs> Cause them rascals, they'll drop to it. I mean, it's, I noticed that back in June. Back in June, I was, I was, uh, fishing some open water trees in, uh, uh, uh in Lewis Creek. And, uh, I was, those these open water trees, you know, I'm sitting out there in 40, 45 foot of water, and there's these oak trees that are just a few feet under the surface, but most people don't know they're there. And they're just, you know, they're original trees from when the lake filled up. So they're standing up, some of them on the edges of the, of the creek channel, some of them kind of off on a flat or a hump or something like that. And then, uh, uh, so I was, I was checking those, and I was throwing a you know big twelve inch worm out there and letting it fall and fall through the trees and and when I'm looking at it with the active target you can you know you see your worm going up the side of the tree and falling over a limb and stuff and you can see the fish down there with that big worm which which is what I you know normally catch them on and starting about June July you, you they'll hit it well I kept chugging it through there and I couldn't get them to hit it and I said well let me chuck Alabama rig through there. So I chucked Alabama rig through there. They'd follow it, but they would never hit the dang thing. So I dropped down to a crappie jig and they, there it went. They really? Just, yep. Got down to a crappie jig and they started eating it. It's like, you got to be kidding me. That's downsizing all, right there, buddy. <laughs> that is downsizing big time. But you, know, you get to thinking about it. We got the, uh, 
you know, in April, April in the first part of May, you got the shad spawn. So the shad are just now hatching out, and they're little bitty things. So when you start seeing those little rascals down there like that swimming around, you got to pay attention. I mean, it, yeah. it just it blew me away that they were hitting that little bait, but that's what it was, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they just freshly hatched out shad, and they uh, uh, that's just what they're de- were eating that that particular day or week or whatever, you know, because I got off of them there after a little bit and didn't fish for them anymore. But it was plenty out there in 30, 35 foot of water. Yeah, they would they wouldn't even chase a big worm. I mm-hmm. mean, they just look at it, and then whenever you drop that crappie jump. The crappie jig down there just they attacked it i mean you could right fizz, you could looking at that active target you could see them come shooting out at it and it's like good night you know so it's automatic smaller bait and he and under normal circumstances i would have never known that you know except for sitting there staring at them you know on, on mm-hmm. that on that active image and so it, it's just that forward facing sonar is just amazing some people hate it some people love it and I'm one of the ones that loves it. I'll tell you right now, because it it tells you things that you you could change about the way you fish that uh that could benefit you. So number one, slow down. You think you're going slow enough, you're not going slow enough. I mean that's that's the thing. I, I just tell people all the time, like in the winter months when Connor will get real cold, well you know get water temperatures in the in the fifties and stuff like that. I, I, Tell people if you're throwing like a Carolina rig out there, chunk that rascal out, let it hit the bottom, and drag it as slow as you can possibly drag it. I mean, if you think you're going slow enough, slow down even more. I mean, it's just it's crazy because I watched uh, I watched and I learned this from uh, a horse racer, right? Kevin Worth fished BASS for a while, and uh, I watched this guy throw. And he smoked like a freight train too. So he he get he pulled up on this one spot one day, and it's, I knew what it was. It was a big giant log laying a, across a point there in Little Farmers on on Rayburn. He threw a Carolina rig out there, and it's just this one log, like I say, and there's no grass around it. But he throw that Carolina rig out, and it hit the bottom, and he would drag it till it hit the log. When it hit the log, he'd fire up a cigarette. And he'd, he'd smoke about half of it, and the whole time he's smoking on it, he's shaking. He's not moving that bait. He just shakes it. And then he'd take a couple of drags, and then he'd pull it over the log. As soon as it came over the top of that log, he would shake it, and he'd finish that cigarette. Now, a cigarette takes about five minutes to smoke. He didn't, he didn't move it no more than six feet in five minutes. So I'm sitting yeah, there going, Lord, man, that's... that's that is, but but in the first in the first hour he had five fish that weighed over twenty pounds, so it's like good night. And I I said okay, I got to try that on Conrad. Well, that was on a Saturday. I came back to the house and Sunday morning at Conrad I didn't fish it, but I said well shoot, I'm just gonna. I think I slept in till like nine o'clock, so I'm gonna try that over on some of my brush piles. Pulled up over on one of my brush piles, threw it out there, just kind of. Drug it up to it and stop and just sit there and shook, 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 shook. All of a sudden, boom, got one. I said, dang it, that's a pretty good fish. And I, I I caught three of them. Like I said, I started at 9 o'clock. And I said, I want to go watch the weigh-in. So I went and got got back to the marina and loaded up. Debbie Watson was there. And I told her, hey, take a picture with me with these three fish. Because I had three three that went 18 pounds. And, it's, and that's just chunking that Carolina rig, dragging it real slow like that and it's like you got to be kidding me and uh so she took a picture of me doing that holding them fish and i turned them loose and i don't want that sunday morning with just those three fish i think they weighed like 12 12 pounds or something like that yeah and i'm i'm sitting there going man this this is just not right because that that is so slow it is hard to do i mean yeah. like i say if you think you're going slow enough you ain't it's amazing how slow these fish want it sometimes. And that's, like I said, that's cold weather months. Right now we got warm weather conditions. For the most part, they're going to chase bait because they get active. You know, they want to want to run around. And, you know, like I say, early this morning, we're going to start off in that grass. Later on, we'll move out to some little bit deeper brush piles. And I'm just going to start looking for some hard edges, you know, where you might have a six or eight foot drop and see if we can't find something along those edges. 
Let's see how everything works out today. And maybe them crop you bite too, because I'm ready. The other day I was looking at some in a in a treetop, but they were brim. I mean, that's the thing is it was plum loaded. I mean that you look at it and it for for someone that doesn't know any better, you think, man, that's full of crappie. Now it's a whole bunch of brim, but you know, because you start to get used to the size of them after you look at it as long as, as long as I've been looking at that thing. And I see people post on Facebook a lot. Man, look at all these crappie. Now you got you got a big old tree full of brim. Yeah. So, <laughs> the only one way to find just, out: drop down and see what they are. That's exactly right. The other day I dropped down on them rascals, and I guarantee you. It was, it was funny as all get out that I'd drop it down there and and you could feel them and think just you know just thumping on it and you set the hook there wouldn't be nothing they it's them little bitty brim I know what it was because like I say I've I've been looking at that dang thing you can almost I can almost tell what it is anymore you know from from a brim all the way to a shad or or even up to a big old swordfish so and it's. Some of the big old catfish are fun to look at crawling around on the bottom, too. You get out there on with that forward-facing stuff, and you see them crawling around down there. It's like, good night. And it's, it, the hard part is getting it to distinguish the, you know, the fish from the bottom. So uh, it takes good batteries. you got to make sure you got the got a good charge on your batteries all the time. That's one of the biggest things I notice about uh, some people's units. Their batteries maybe run down. You see all kinds of stuff show up in it. You know, there'll be lines and bubbles and all kinds of stuff. But once you get used to looking at it, it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, watch them hit your bait and all that good stuff. And then just, just knowing one of the things I find more interesting about it is, is that you absolutely know what you're throwing at. Every time you make a cast, you know, yeah. you're throwing at, at a specific target. You know, it's not whether it be a fish or a brush pile. It's a specific target you're throwing directly at. There's no wasted cast in it. So that's, you know, that's one of the advantages to it, in my opinion. One of the great advantages to it, too. Because, you know, if you're going to, and I've seen it before on, on some of the brush piles, especially on Conroe, you'll pull up and look at it with side imaging, and, and you can see the brush and everything, and then all of a sudden, off to the side of it, you spot the fish. They're not on the brush pile, mm. but they're off to the side of it. So that, that kind of you know you use all your all your tools in your arsenal. Take your your down scan, your side imaging, and the forward facing, and I guarantee you start finding stuff that you just wouldn't believe is out there. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy some you. of the stuff you see. All right, Richard, I got a roll, buddy. Uh, enjoy your day today. I hope you catch some some of them ditch pickles, man. Somebody I guarantee you. Somebody wants to call you about fishing with you. Give them some info. All right, Mickey, you want to get in touch with me at 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudetx.com. That's a mouthful. I'm glad it yes, was sir. you, not me. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, hey, Richard, have, have a good fun. day. All right, bud. See yes, you. Yes, sir. You too. All right. Now let's go down to Matagorda. Let's check in with our good friend, Captain Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., how you doing, buddy? Morning, Mickey. How are you? No, oh, just ready for a nap, man. And Mastro's kept me up late. Oh, you watched that all the way? I went all yeah. the way, all the way home with them. Oh my God! At least they won. Boy, it felt just like playoff baseball. I mean, it was uh, there's a little drama in there. Nearest, yeah, he got the team fired up. He. Struck out Julio Rodriguez. Well, he struck out all three batters, but when he struck out Rodriguez, he just uh, kind of went off a little bit and just started heading towards the plate, towards Rodriguez, talking trash. I don't know. what. Well, he fired the team up. They scored three runs in the seventh, you know, to go up <laughs> eight to three. So, hey, whatever it takes with the benches cleared. <laughs> well, Everybody yep. was giving warnings. Well, one thing for sure, we're getting ready to see some good baseball. It's a great time of the year. I just hope we're playing it. You know, we made some errors again last night. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, them bats are going to have to go crazy. Yeah. That's what we need. And they can. So we'll see. Well, We will see. 
Jordan hit another bomb last night. I mean, God, what a laser. Mm. Hell of a hitter. But Dubon, hey, he was he was the really the hero of the game to me. I mean, he hit that three run homer that put us up four to nothing and that was uh that was the backbreaker. They tried to come back though. They got it within four to three. Yeah. Romber just the I don't know whether the wrong Fromber showed up last night or the real Fromber. I mean, what a basket case. Five <laughs> walks and just you know, just the he just comes off the rails. And he's so good. Well maybe he got it out of the system. Maybe from here on out he'll be great. Uh, who knows? Pitch a no hitter one week and give up twenty runs the next. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's Fromber. <laughs> Will the real yeah. Fromber please show up? Yeah, it's It'll been be a long good. season. Yeah, it'll be some good baseball one way or the other. Whether we get yeah, there, it's, hey, we don't know how fortunate we are. I mean, what have we played in the ALCS now? Five out of six times, and I mean, hey, two World Series should have three or four. If it had gone right for us, so, hey, I'm not complaining. Well, I am, but I'm not. I just know what, I mean, I just know what they're capable of. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. They can look good real quick. Real quick. I'd hate to have to pitch that lineup. Man, they can just explode on you, and it's, it's like a tidal wave. You can't stop it. It's coming. Yeah. Just duck. Hang on. Yes, sir. Well, what's going on so, in your uh, neck of the woods, man? Man, there ain't much to do. Uh, you know, the tides are coming up a little every day. It seems yeah. like one of them. When we get this east wind that they're calling for, they ought to really bull up. We ought to well, really we get got those king tides up. over here. I mean, it, uh, they're bulling up over here in the grass. Yeah, I, I didn't fish yesterday or today, but I've you know, got to fish the rest of the weekend, and I expect those tides to be real high. Yeah. You know, most of our uh, the trout fishing, Mickey, is is wading on top of shell. Right. Uh, and and most of those fish are not two-pounders. They, they look like good, chunky trout. You know, we had this guy's cup tournament Tuesday, and you had to catch three trout and two reds, and uh, you know, I couldn't catch trout over two pounds. I had one, I think, and and they all look like they're over two pounds, but they're mm-hmm. not. And and that was pretty much the story for everybody. You know, was uh, they caught a lot of trout, but uh, not a lot of big ones. I think the biggest in the tournament was six something. Um. I tell you where I was fishing. To Billy P was in town, and he was standing about twenty feet away from him. We're talking, and he catches one almost twenty-eight inches long, right there huh. next to us. <laughs> he ain't even he ain't even been around here fishing in a long time. Still catching them. I'll take luck over skill any day of the week. Not to say he's not skilled, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right place at the right time. Yeah, it's just that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, Did he kill that fish? Oh, no. No, no. He didn't? Let it go. No. Wow, that's good. No, nobody's keeping those big fish like that anymore. Everybody's turning them loose. But you're not you're not catching many of them to turn loose either. Well, true. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. I don't have that problem. Yeah. You know... I like releasing pencils. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have a lot of trout. And, you know, we have a lot of dead fish. That beachfront was loaded with dead fish. Oh, I saw the videos and, and pictures and then a lot of listeners that, you know, surf and have fished down there all their lives were sending me stuff saying they had never seen nothing like that. Yeah. They said the stench was so bad you did, you needed a gas mask on. It was horrible. You know, there's there's dead fish just scattered all over East Bay, and they're not, I'm not talking about a lot of fish, but mm-hmm. you'll see those shad coming up to the top of the water, going around a circle, dying. Right. 
And if if any game fish, the most I've seen had been flounder. I've seen a hell of a lot of flounder floating yeah. upside down. I don't know what the deal is with that. You know, we usually don't see the flounder. But anyway, what do you we need? need that some cold fronts, from? water temperature drops, and some rain, man. Well, I'm sure we're going to get it soon enough. But now I see another heat wave coming next week. Oh, yeah. There's nothing changing, that? man. Yeah. It's more let up, brother. Back, going back to the upper 90s. Holy cow. Well, it is. Uh, you know, bow season opens this weekend, so it ought to be nice and nice and hot for all those tree climbers. <laughs> yeah. They'll be hunting in their underwear again. A pair of boots and underwear on sitting up in a tree stand waiting on a, waiting on a whitetail to walk under them. Oh, yeah. Take plenty of mosquito dope because we've had just enough rain for these little bitty tiny burning boogers to to uh, hatch. And uh, they're nasty. Oh, yeah. We haven't uh, we haven't had the problem yet, but it's, it's coming real quick. I can feel a few every now and then. but Yeah. Did y'all get much get rain uh, this week down that way? Man, you know, when we get a shower, it's it, it's heavy but quick. It yeah. goes through. We're not we're not getting a lot of rain, not much at all. Well, I'm not gonna brag, but hey, umbrella point. That's hey, I I guess my prayers were answered. <laughs> you I got mean, it. Uh, huh? Yeah, last week I got a total out of several that totaled up to about three inches, and then this week I got three and a quarter. So I had to mow wow. yesterday. I mean that grass went crazy i had i had to i spent all day yesterday doing yard work so but i'm not bragging bring that bring that rain on we need it i don't want to but i mean uh we'll take i I just got dead centered two different times it was it just it was perfect that's great that ought to get that november anyway yeah we'll get it soon enough that's coming oh yeah all right, Charlie. Well, hey, man. It's uh, we get the day off today, and Arizona Diamondbacks to close out the weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. More late games. I'm gonna be moving to the up by Monday. Yeah, let's finish them off, man. There you go. All right, buddy. Well, hey, if somebody wants to call you about coming down to Matahoochee and fishing with you, how they get a hold of you? Cell phone seven one three seven two five two four zero one. You see Billy again, tell him that I'm mad at him. He comes to town and didn't even give me a phone call. That's I, I got something for him. I'll take care of you. Uh, I'll bet he calls you. That little <laughs> booger. All right, man. We'll see you, buddy. All right. Take care. <laughs> take care, Charlie. All right. It's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 